Welcome to World, episode 292 of the Chamberlain Chance and Alex podcast. Once again, absolute Chamberlain, because he's got this job, and it's an awesome job. We don't begrudge him the job, but we do begrudge his absence, for we are lesser for it. But thank God Alex is here with me to bring that millennial spirit. Alex, how's life? Well, I don't know how much millennial spirit is left, but <laughs> I am willing. Well, I, I think I think most of the population has had their spirit rung pretty Pretty dry. Dry? By what? Years. Okay, let's not get into that. Let's talk about wonderful, beautiful, awesome things. Oh, I guess we're not going to talk about the mass death. Okay, that's fine. No. Uh, yeah, no, let's no. talk about beautiful, wonderful there, things. There are good podcasts to talk about mass death. There this are would good be podcasts. a terrible podcast to discuss that shit on. It would be. It's like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? This is concerned. very much an escape for me, just recording yeah. this. Yeah, I'm concerned about the situation in whatever Alex is aware of this week. Let's tune into the video game guys to get their takes on Please, it. God. That's no one's plan. No, I think... Keep okay, me from so, scrolling Twitter. Have you, did you keep up with Darkest Dungeon 2 at all? Uh, you know, I, I think I need some more content. I think I pretty much uh-huh. figured it out. Uh-huh. Well, okay, I, I dare you to go back to it and try to beat it now. Oh, it's so much harder, I bet. I can't. <laughs> What'd they do? Um... Okay, well, what they was I kind of liked it last week because I was still having successful runs. I think they tweaked some other shit, but I was still managing to get successful runs just by being mindful of my stress management because they made it so you can't heal anyone's stress until they're at five stress or more. Oh, come on! Unless you are the um, the leper, and the leper can stress heal himself uh, to zero. He's uniquely good at stress healing himself, so it makes the leper viable to me, more so than the man-at-arms who can't stress heal himself at all, and is now kind of worthless to me as a tank, and I still love the Hellion, because she can do damage and stress heal, and she's awesome. Um, but yeah, I haven't had a successful run, because everyone just keeps on getting into negative relationships with each other, and then you can't win fights, which gets people into negative relationships with each other, so it's, it's, a, it's a spiral, it's man. It's not fun watching the spiral. Again and again and again, like, I need to have some successes in there to make it compelling and, you know, more content to, uh, more gear to unlock to make each run unique again. Because, ooh, I've never seen this trinket. And I've had some crazy trinket combinations on my heroes that just make them wonderful and incredible. Um, do, do you find, like, the, uh, uh, the, like, what do you call it, the black mark trinkets where, you're, like, you have to sacrifice one slot mm. for a super trinket? It depends on the trinket, it depends on the hero. Like, if you can get a plus HP trinket on a tank, that's plus 40% of an already huge health pool, so yes. Oh, that's, that is pretty sweet. If you can get blanket plus 40 damage on your highwayman, or oh, your no. jester, or your... Um, I haven't your, found the plus 40 attack power, damn. Your occultist, um, it can make a very big difference. Like, an occult, the occultist, to me, is more viable as a, as a back-rank damage dealer. He's the arbalist. Of Darkest Dungeon 2 yeah, is no, what he I, is. He's sick DPS. Well, the tentacles of his, they're pretty good. No, the tentacles no? are such low damage. Like, I don't use them. The only tentacle thing I use is the the grab to clear corpses. Oh, that would be it, nice. It's 100% effective and it deals great damage. Like, even if it misses the guy, it'll clear all corpses. Um, and he's got an ability that you unlock late where on your first turn you activate this ability. And the ability does nothing, but you get one token of this thing. And on the second round, you still have done nothing, but you get a second token of this thing. And with those two tokens, you can rain down heaven and one-shot an enemy. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. And then it gives you another two tokens over the two, next two turns. Uh, so he can, becomes... You can use it on those fucking cannons. Yes. Okay, good. 
Yes, and he's got three different abilities that he can power with this uh, with this token that he can get from this one ability, um, and. One of them is you can you can exclusively do it in the front line. One of them you can exclusively do it from the back line, which is this like rain down meteor shower on them that I love. Uh, and I forget what the other one is because I just never fucking use it because you don't need it. Like all you're doing is just exploding guys with a meteor every two turns. And mm-hmm. if you have a gesture doing finale, the gesture is super viable for just a finale build right now. But again, haven't had a successful run lately. And uh, you're right about the amount of content. And it's weird how it didn't bother me in Darkest Dungeon 1, but... And even here, where I can revisit bosses, I could revisit... I could visit three different bosses in a run, every run, if I wanted to. I don't even want to fucking fight the bosses, because it's not worth it to lose this run. Because death blows are just raining from heaven now! Yep. My guys are dying left and right, and it's not fair. Like, they don't die as easily as my guys die. It's really disheartening. But you know what? The game will continue to grow and evolve, and it's definitely, definitely not going to be. This I've already got my beat. money's worth. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, and and I'm really looking forward to you know just seeing. There needs to be new shit to bump into on the road. There needs to be interesting shit you can interact with that will reduce party stress, for example, mm-hmm. or like give you cool buffs. There needs to be more of that, you know, interaction with the world that you had in the first game. And right now, that's just a very limited slate. There's, there's uh, alchemists or no academics caches you can find. Yeah. There's the academic study you can find. There's, um, there's poor people you can help. And oh yeah, there's the hoarder who can sell you shit. And other well, than I that, was it's, your, it's combat uh, encounters. Wasn't it your scribe? In the first game, I, yeah. I, I don't think he was the innkeeper. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, he's the innkeeper. Right? Yeah. He's got the same no, 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 no. He's not the innkeeper. One of the innkeepers is the innkeeper from the first game. Oh. The, the hoarder is the... Um, yeah, I think he's a scribe from the first game. Huh. He's got all your trinkets. Like, I'll, I'll say this. There aren't a lot of games, and like maybe only from software is the only one who really nails this, that when... Even though they're not going to like beat you over the head with their lore, there's still lore that they wrote. And it's when they do enemies like that cornucopia boss where you're just like, not, that's a gross demon baby, but it's like, what the fuck happened here? Why yeah. why this boss? Why this baby? What did you do? Mm-hmm. I love that kind of storytelling. The only boss I can reliably beat and not have my team wipe is the librarian. I haven't even seen them yet. The librarian? Oh, well, the uh, the city, the burning city. Oh, okay. Go to the lair in the burning oh, city. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah, he throws the flaming books at you. Yeah. Yeah, and and the thing is your tank can just uh, do uh, do taunt, so the tank will eat those, and as long as you've got a tank that can stress heal, you're fine. And then the rest of the team just hits him. Like, it's it's a relatively easy fight. Um, have you been playing other video games? I have been playing other video games. Wait, 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 wait what? Well, they added a new sort of punch card to Borderlands 3. I thought I'd pop in there. To Borderlands 3? Mm-hmm. Now, is this the Tiny... Because Tiny Tina's Wonderland was, like, free or something. What is that that was free this week? Okay, like, that's the standalone DLC for Borderlands 2. But that was, like... Okay, Borderlands 2 from years ago. Yes. Okay, so... Yeah. Nah, yeah. Yeah, okay. But, no, they had, like, they, um... 
they put like an extra XP bar. And I think you need the uh, director's cut to even use it. But like, um, when you when that XP bar fills, you get a chest, and that chest is gonna have XP to this like punch card that has like loot and like little cosmetics on it. And it's just. And you can unlock yet further shit in the talent tree. Yeah, further shit. Too. And when one of those further shits is a little trinket that like. Uh, Raises legendary rates by a thousand percent. Well, you kind of want to get your hands on it. Fair enough. Because, like, there were salad days, like, maybe this time last year, where, like, if you were on Mayhem 10 and you killed a boss, you get, like, three legendaries. Legendaries are popping out of, like, the woodwork. And they have turned that spigot way down. Oh. So, like, you'll go, like, two major firefights and not see anything. But when you do, you're like, ooh, what's that? And it might not be something you need, but it is a situation where, like, I'm having fun with it. Um, yeah, that the, the drop that rate is a lot. Like, that feel that yeah. still feels like a lot, and yet not too much. <laughs> it's not. It still much. feels somewhat generous. It is pretty. It's about as generous as Diablo three, which I thought was pretty generous. Mm. And it, I've never really got my hands around Zane. I just kind of Zane stumbled. is the soldier. Zane was the uh, kind of operative dude that can make a clone of himself and just disappear. Oh, the stealth guy. Yeah. Okay. And he's. a He's really glass, and I would die with him constantly in Mayhem. I didn't really ever get, like, a decent build for him. Hmm. But I stumbled into, like, the uh, dad mode with, um, oh, what's-her-face, the uh, the tank girl. What is dad mode? Dad mode is you make a build that kind of is cannot die and just lets you just collect loot. Wow. And it was you apparently so... that loot yeah. on your main character? I did, and it was um, oh, it was apparently just a mode that was so so easy. Like they wrote a Forbes article about it. Okay, but I finally nailed a build for Zane where I survive, where I'm actually doing incredibly well, and like I feel like I've I don't know accomplished a lot more out of this game. Is it damage over time, or is it like big crits, or what is it? It's big crits and a really good um uh, shield recharge. Hmm. Okay. Most importantly, a shield that when it breaks um makes you vulnerable for five seconds and if i can get my shield back up in four seconds which i have i'm pretty much i pretty much can't die jeez yeah um i've been playing a lot what the fuck have i been playing what have you been doing um i've been playing a ton of darkest dungeon i've been playing overwatch with my brother i finished a video Mm -hmm. put it up today um but my brother, this just weirded me out so much. I've been playing um, Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer, just for like a little bite every once in a while. You're still going back to that. I know, it's weird. I won't play the main game. I'll like open up the main game, look at the world of the main game, and just leave. But I hate the fact that the multiplayer takes place in like a supernatural version of the main game. I wish I wish the multiplayer was as um, naturally beautiful as the, the core game, because I love that just walking in nature of the main game. Um... My brother, though, has been getting trophies in Infamous Second Son. <gasps> which strikes me as odd. Because when did Infamous Second Son come up? It's like um, 2011, It was right? launch for the PS4. Let's see. Infamous Second Son. 2014. So that's a that's an eight-year-old game. And mm-hmm. um, 80% on Metacritic. It's It's not good. It's, it's a good um if you really love Troy Baker it's worth it. Um it's uh it was it was aesthetically beautiful like te- in terms of tech and really looking at it right and I because my brother is replaying it I decided to I I re-downloaded it. 
and I played through the opening. I still haven't gotten to the open world yet. Mm-hmm. It's just cutscene after fucking cutscene, and you can't skip it. <laughs> but um, but I'm kind of looking forward to it, and it's not as it's not as visually. I was expecting to be like, "Ugh, this is too ugly. I can't play this," and just walking away as soon as I saw it. As soon as I saw like, Del- remember the opening where Delson is like jumping along the. Um, um, the boardwalk to get from the fish cannery to the yeah, longhouse. Yeah. Right. As I'm going through that, I'm like, wow, it really doesn't look bad. No, like, <laughs> like the, the puddle, the puddle the, work was really good. The puddle reflections. Wow. That's really yeah. not bad for an eight year old game. And, uh, and the movement doesn't feel bad at all. So I'm, I haven't been turned off it yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm going into this experiment because I'm so fucking bored, man. Oh, I'm going to play, you. I'm going to play some infamous second son until I, I'm sick. It's a fun game. For like six hours. Yeah, I remember being really disappointed. The ending is terrible. If you were evil. No, like the ending is terrible. You get like these quote-unquote concrete powers, which are all fucking garbage. It's like, hey, the game's over. We're done. Go away. But the point of the concrete powers is that you can uh, take the, the concrete spikes out of your tribe. No, I know, but like in a gameplay... Perspective. Um, it's like we were gonna put this in here. I didn't really have time to finish it. They're not that great. Hey, go go. Play no, they were kind of they were crazy. Like the the concrete powers were. I remember them being kind of crazy. You could do some crazy shit with it. Like what? I, I remember there being a punch where you could like put uh, put a bunch of concrete on your fist and then you go f- flying with this punch. Hmm. Isn't that from the second song? I thought it was. Anyway, so I'm gonna check it out. I do you remember seeing a video for a. Uh, what is described as a Metroidvania Souls-like uh-huh. called Tales of Iron. Tales? That's about, like, a race of mouse people, and the young mouse, new mouse king has just been crowned. And on that day, um, the evil frogs descended from their swamps and just, like, butchered all the mice people. And now you, the, the mouse king, have to go out and, you know, bring peace to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, so I, I've been looking at it for a while, because I love anything where you take a mouse and you put a sword in its hand. <laughs> yeah, no, that that, that kind of scratches an itch. Yes, I love we that. We all kind of grew up on Redwall. I know. like, Well, I read I read Redwall when I was in my early 20s. Uh, for me as a kid, it was uh, Secret of Nim. Mm. Secret of Nim. So, like, mice were always interesting kind of fantasy heroes to me. But no, Redwall is a, is a wonderful example. I suggest any reader with kids... Point them at the Redwall books. They were awesome. Or I, I don't knew awesome. about this. About Redwall or Tales oh, about, of Iron? Um, Tales of Iron. Okay, so I didn't know either. And looking at it, because it's got that... Um, it, it's it's the that ar- puppeteer look. Yes, the, the animation is that puppeteer animation. And that usually bothers me. But the thing is, visually, I quite like this game, actually. Yeah, the atmosphere's nice and the lighting's good. And the amount of detail in the environments is really quite nice. In terms of... The problem is... The combat, the platforming... Looks a little floaty. The animation are nowhere near as good as that art direction. Nothing else in this game. I paid 33 bucks for it. It's got 80 on Metacritic, so I thought, well, it must play kind of fun. It must be fun to play. It is not fun to play. Doesn't look fun to play. It's cool to look at. Um, the combat is super simple, um, but it's really easy to just get your ass kicked and die. Um, and it doesn't feel good when you do. It really doesn't. It doesn't feel fair. Um, 
I'm fairly disappointed. I think this should have gotten less than an 80, and I'm probably going to put it down after like uh, four hours, maybe. Oh, that's not good. Well, I downloaded Second Son after having played it, so that tells you where I'm at with Tales of Honor. What did I download? That was crazy. I, I feel... Okay, there's um PC-only uh, Incredible Adventures of uh, Van Helsing Diablo okay. game. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I tried one. to play the sequel to that. I made it about five minutes. It's like, no... Okay, what's the sequel called? Colonel Adventure Avengers of Van Helsing 2. And try to okay. put in um, tower defense shit, and it's garbage. It's, it's really I hate boring. tower defense. It's really boring, and like, it's from like a Diablo perspective. So you, you're like halfway across the battlefield, and one plank dies. It's just like this is bullshit. I kept on trying to like the genre in general, and the only one that I could get into at all was Plants vs. Zombies. I, feel I terrible do love about it. Plants vs. Zombies. Yes, Plants vs. Like it's it's simple, it works. Uh, the yeah, the present presentation was incredible. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so I, credits. I continued my Apple Plus adventures this week. What did you find on Apple Plus? Um, well, first of all, have you heard of Schmigadoon? I have. That's Sh- um, Keegan Michael Key. Keegan Michael Keyes and Cecily Strong from SNL are uh, a couple who've been together for six years, and then they're on like a couple's retreat in nature, and um, <laughs> and it's really not going well. They're kind of they're having a fight off in the woods together, away from the group, and then <laughs> and then Cecily Strong goes, "Can you hear that music?" And, and he goes, "Yeah, I hear it." What do you often hear music that other people can't hear? She goes, "Shut up." <laughs> and, uh, and she walks down the hill a little bit, and there's like a there's a stone bridge extending into the mist. And she goes, "I think it's coming from across that bridge." And Keegan, Michael Keyes goes, "You mean you can also see the bridge?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I told that terribly. <laughs> I'm fucking hilarious. So they go uh, to it's, town. It's Brigadoon, but a musical. What is Brigadoon? It's it's that it's a Scottish village where everyone lives forever and you can't leave. Oh, yeah. So they go into town, and they find it's a musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a really happy-go-lucky musical, and Cecily Strong's character loves musicals, and Keegan-Michael Key's character does not. And, um, yeah, they can't leave. I'm two episodes in, and I'm actually quite enjoying Schmigadoon. I'm going to keep watching this. All right. Un- until I'm done with episodes of Schmigadoon. Do they have, was it, is it Foundation on Apple? Yes, they have. I haven't touched it. Should I? Are you I don't know. People say it's okay. Foundation. It's got Lee yes. Pace. I love Lee Pace. Oh, I love Lee Pace. Yeah. No, we're we're talking about uh, um, the bad guy from. <laughs> That's where I know people from. The bad guy from um, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yep. Okay. Yes, I love that fucking what guy. Are He's you awesome. Doing. Stop that. <laughs> no, I would totally watch something for Lee Pace. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying app. I'm kind of wondering if I should check out an episode of Dickinson. Dickinson. I wonder. It's uh, it's the girl who's going to be Hawkeye as uh, Emily Dickinson, but mm-hmm. apparently it's like a weird, really non-historical telling of things. But it's a great show, apparently. Maybe. I don't I haven't watched that Tom Hanks movie either. But I did want to watch a movie. I'm not willing to pay 25 bucks for Candyman. You know what's available to rent right now for 25 bucks, Alex? What you got? No Time to Die. Oh, I don't. People I trust in my life that love James Bond yeah. did not like that movie, and I just I don't want to hurt myself. Okay. Before you tell me what your friends told you about that movie, I'm just going to give you kind of like a one-sentence review of mm-hmm. No Time to Die. 
what if a pretty good writer wrote a fan movie James Bond, and it was three hours long, and it had every James Bond thing in it outside of a gambling scene? And sex, actually, come to think of it. Oh, no, wait, it's implied once. Um, so there's, it, it, it hits every, like, if a kid saw this James Bond, and you needed to explain to someone what James Bond was, without touching on any of the problematic shit, this is the one to show them. Because it includes everything you ever loved about James Bond, up to and including the cartoonishly ridiculous shit. Uh, which I don't think serves this particular Bond very well. His strength was always trying to do things in a more realistic way. Like, the, all of these movies tried to do things fairly realistically. Uh, the big threat to the world is, once again, cartoonishly villainous. But there's some really, really good stuff. Okay, who was that young woman who was in um, the new Blade Runner? She was in... She's the main character in Knives Out. And I'm like, she wouldn't be a healthcare worker. She's distractingly attractive. Yep. <laughs> what was, what, what's that actor's name? Oh, Lord. Okay, I'm going to uh, look it up. It is... I'm going to look it up. Ana de Armas. Yes. Ana de Armas. Um... Appears in No Time to Die for about 20 minutes. She's ab She is the woman who appears in the James Bond movie in the distracting dress. Who just looks more incredible than this actor will ever look again. This person will ever look again. Is how these women are made up in a James Bond movie. They do that with that woman. Okay? And she is disarmingly pleasant and cheerful. And uh, this is her first big job. She's really looking forward to it. She's had three weeks of training. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, but when the chips are down, she is incredibly capable. And clearly, she's had more than three weeks of training. But we don't mention that. We just try to get the job done, and she gets the job done. And then. Uh, as she's leading James and the package that he needs to escort out of the area, she leads him to a door. She goes, this is my stop. He turns to her, extends a hand, says, you were excellent. She shakes it, goes, you too, with a big smile. And that's it. <laughs> that's really cute. It's awesome. It was, I loved it. So there's parts of, again, as like an act of Bond fan service, there are parts of No Time to Die that are spectacular, that you absolutely love, or that I certainly absolutely loved. Um... As a, as the newest addition to this particular Bond's canon, it's the cartoon entry. It's it's the entry where everything kind of is a little more exaggerated. Leaned into cliche and tried to sell those cliches, kind of seriously. Like it's it just leans into heavy heavy drama at every at every turn and when action occurs it's wonderful action like overall it's great but i it's not as good as any other movie in this bones canon uh, it just has a lot of great moments you know what i think i just better serve just watching skyfall again no because you need to know what happens to this bond he's still got he's still got his french uh paramour and they're mm. in a they're in a long-term relationship sailing around the world to various beautiful locales that isn't that is a neat callback to vesper um well there's a lot of callbacks to vesper oh okay uh maybe yeah, that's not a good thing it's kind of striking how many people die underwater in this movie uh, 
<laughs> and it uh, the visually, like, there's something kind of there's something kind of like uh, promising director just out of college about this about a lot of the choices in this movie. Uh, it does the long circular hallway a lot. It uses that image a lot. It just repeats it a lot as if that's. Um, I mean, maybe it is deep. It just struck me as amateurish, you know, that I could pick it out so mm-hmm. easily. So yeah, but at the same at the same time, when action occurs, it's great. It's still it's still all that cast. You get to meet, see all those characters again. It's fun. It is hard to stay away from a fun Bond movie. I haven't exactly, seen. exactly. Well, that's what it is. It's a new Daniel Craig Bond movie you haven't seen. Is it as good as the other ones? No, um, but <clears throat> it's got a lot of moments. It's got a lot hmm. of really, really strong moments. You know what also has a lot of really strong moments, but it's cool. honestly something that I can't fully recommend. Tell me. Big Mouth, season five. I had, okay, I didn't want to, I was not going to watch it. And then I'm like, wow, I'm really bored. So yeah, I turned it on and I'm like three episodes in mm-hmm. and it hasn't been so boring that I'm like, I'm not watching any more of this. And it hasn't been so good that I'm like, I need to see more Big Mouth. If I'm going to watch something next, it's going to be more Schmigadoon. I get that, and like this, this season is just, it's it's just more of the same again. It's more of the same, and there's just a couple of sour notes, but there are some really good bits. I I enjoy the, the bit with the which, bread bowls. I kind of liked. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I enjoy the degree to which Andrew is really continues to be the butt of every joke. I don't know why. Um, well, because like, like uh, Mulaney is just really good at selling it. Yeah. Just being ashamed of himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it, it's a strong, well, strong performances. Oh, well, everyone's bound. doing the doing a great job. I don't know how Jason Manzoukas hasn't blown his voice out yet. He's screaming so much and like different tones to each scream, and they're all just kind of funny. It, I don't know mm. where he gets it. Yeah, it's okay. It's it, like it a, is okay. It's like they try so hard with the amount of imagination and the songs that often occur in Big Mouth. The songs are terrible. The songs are a crutch. I okay. fast forward them. No, man. Every now, once, once at some point, we may get another "Anything Goes in Florida." Yeah, but none of these are them. There are, and there's at least one an episode, and it's really starting to piss me off. Well, I mean, they keep trying. You got to keep trying, or else you'll never yeah, reach that do. rainbow. <sighs> Uh, but yeah, it does. It does end up ultimately feeling like a poor man's Family Guy. It's better than which, that. Which is like classist now that I think of it. No, it's a, sh- I think it's a shame that at, I use that term. They're better at telling stories, I think. Um, and having character arcs. Well, they they do try to yeah. like tell stories and have character arcs. The thing is, like, you know, for all the really are really, there is a strong argument for a lot of the shit on Big Mouth being very questionable. But they feel like they... It feels like the show has a positive mission statement that it's trying to accomplish something. Yeah. But there's something kind of high-minded, but at the same... But thusly proud about Big Mouth. And Family Guy is not. At all. They're just mm-hmm. going for the laugh. And... I would, I would take it. you see the one with the Shakespeare that. teacher? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Andrew's like a... Like uh, um, oh god, what's what's the actor's name from uh, Parks Direct? Oh god, come on! Oh, you're my fuck. guy. Mm. Okay, hang on. Michael something. Michael. Michael Scott. No, that's that's the main character from 
Oh, you're right. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. There. Adam right. Scott. Yeah. Adam Scott appears in an. Is it one episode or two episodes? Maybe it's, it's just, just one. one. It's just one episode. Because he's been driven one. mad by Andrew by the end of it. As the substitute Shakespeare teacher, and Andrew develops a fatal attraction. God, it's so fucking funny. Teacher. You used to be more careful around your fragile things. Yeah. God, it was so fucking funny. He's an unrequited teacher's pet. I love that. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, well, I don't know. I might finish the season. There's a couple more high notes, but yeah, overall. Did you finish the season? No. Oh. I'm, I'm really close, though. And it's just, it's, it could end, you know? If it yeah. got canceled, I'd be like, yeah, yeah I get I'd, it. I'd be, I think I'd be happier if this crew um, did something else. Did something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Big Mouth has had its moments. Really? Yeah. The only, but the only one I immediately think of is anything that goes in Florida is that one song. We're like, wow, it's actually pretty good. That might be the best episode. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think of the little. <laughs> The little, uh, um, the little Floridian girl who's like, oh, uh, y'all want to sink a boat? Exactly. Like oh, little, so good. This little psychopath. Ah, uh, anyway. oh, I love Jenny Slate so much. Yeah, I really. That's one of the things I like about the season is how many characters they're using Jenny Slate in. Because I, 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 I had to remind Jenny myself Slate that was, she's not playing Missy anymore. Yeah, ever. Whoever's playing Missy's a fantastic. No, she's doing a, she's doing a strong job, but uh, I've liked Jenny Slate since she was Mayor Bellwether or Assistant mm-hmm. Mayor Bellwether in Zootopia. So it's it's nice to uh, that she's still working. I mean, like it's it's a testament to how many people used to work in SNL that started working with her immediately. Because like hmm. when she got fired from SNL, it was one of those first things where like I that's fucked up. She's great. I don't know what they're doing. How long did she last? Oh, she said the F word and was fired immediately, almost. Oh. Yeah, it sucked. Well, Lauren's always had no sense of humor about that. Lauren's a bastard. Anyway. Well, I mean, no. The you kind of have to survive in late night for... The, yeah, what, the amount of stuff years? Lauren Michaels has produced for... With, like, his cast members over the years. Like, he has launched countless careers. And, and he's Canadian, so I'm proud of Lauren Michaels. <laughs> Maybe he is a bastard. Maybe all Canadians are at heart, but we're we're a funny people. We know comedy. Her and Michaela Watkins never never got over that. They're both amazing. Michaela Watkins. I don't know. The, I don't know the name. You've definitely seen her in something. Okay. Hang on. I'm googling Michaela Watkins. She's everywhere. Michaela Watkins. Michael Watkins. How do you, okay, I'm, we're not we're not wasting more time on who Michelle oh, yeah. Watson. She kind of looks like Andy McDowell. Okay, yeah. Uh, does that mean it's time for headlines? It might be. Headlines in entertainment news: The Archies is going to become a live-action musical for Netflix in a coming-of-age story set in 1960s India, based on the teenagers of Riverdale. Okay. Yeah. Wow. An, an interesting choice with uh, with the recent reinterest or re kind of Archie has kind of reentered the popular culture with you mean uh, Indiana or India? No, India. Like like what? No, it's it's an Indian director, I believe. It's kind it's like it's a musical. It's a musical series based on the band The Archies from the Archie comics. Oh the Archies. Okay. No. But 
It's recast, all Indian characters, set in 1960s India, and it's described as based on the teenagers of Riverdale. That is some wild shit. Well, they're okay. Now, if there is one country whose cinema um, is dedicated to musicals, it it's is just, India. It's just, I, those are not two dots that would have ever connected. That's, mm. Oh, wow. I call that a dog whistle. No, I mean, like, we how did we get from uh, Archie get Comics to a Bollywood it? musical? Um, I don't know. I don't, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm like, asking. Like, like, how, did this I, get, I wonder, how did this happen? I hope the director came to Netflix and said, I know you guys have this license, and I've always wanted to do a Bollywood version of Archie, and here's my inspired idea. And the Netflix people were like, wow, everyone's going to love this. I mean, so, I'm definitely going to check it out. I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I, I haven't watched, like, Sabrina or anything like that. Uh, Was that but, any good? I don't know. I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't watch it. Okay. No, I didn't watch Sabrina or anything like that. Like, the, these these shows come on. It's the Dawson's Creek for this generation. I watched Dawson's Creek when it was for my generation. And I, it was an insufferable show. I watched show. the actual da- Dawson's Creek because I'm from North Carolina. I've seen it. The actual creek? Yeah. Do, 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 do. I don't want to wait. Fun's to be over. Okay. That plays in every grocery store in this state. Netflix announced a ton of new animes coming this week, including Agretsuko Season 4, but I'm a little hyped for a second season of Tiger and Bunny. That was that was an amazing superhero bromance anime. I really enjoyed Tiger and Bunny. It's probably still on Netflix. Uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever has delayed production again into 2022, apparently, due to the injury anti-vax star Letitia Wright had in August, which was described at the time as minor. You know what that says to me? Shuri is the new Black Panther. Why would why would like if she were in this movie as much as she was in the last movie, it would not delay production. Oh no, she absolutely is. That's that's a whole comic series, Queen Shuri. I know, but that doesn't mean they're gonna do it for the next movie. It just means it would have been a good idea before she came out as problematic. Yep. Yeah. We're we're pro vax. We're a pro vax podcast, folks. Get vaxxed if you have. And don't let friends don't let friends be Joe Rogan. In Overwatch news, a bunch of worker demands were met this week. All temporary workers workers will get a minimum wage increase starting at $17 an hour, and all temp workers will get 13 paid holidays a year. That's not bad. It's a start. It's something. It doesn't answer anything about um, gender-based inequality to me, but it's one of those demands that the employee, employee group made. And it's mm-hmm. nice to see uh, Activision Blizzard actually going, yes, okay, here you go. So there's a step. Let's see what employees say. Uh, Cassidy's new blood challenge is now live for the next three weeks. It offers one mass skin and a digital comic that you can read if you want to know about the name change. The canon reason for it. I haven't read it. <laughs> there's a, wait, 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 wait. Like, like the canonical reason for it or the legal reason for it? The canonical reason for the name oh, okay. change. Okay. And, like the in-universe, the in-Overwatch okay, universe okay, okay, reason okay. for why this man, once known as Jesse McCree, has revealed that his true name is and has always been Cole Cassidy. Was the guy's namesake the reason that girl killed herself? I don't know if those two were connected. Okay. I don't know. It's hard to keep track. Isn't that fun? Um, It's not just to me that it's hard to keep track. I tried to look it up. I tried to understand... Who actually did what in the Blizzard scandal? And you can't find, I can't find firm, uh, firm information for any one person. Mm-hmm. Like, I looked up what did Jesse McCree do. I can't find anywhere. So, 
perhaps legally that's a good thing, uh, but it implies to me that whatever Jesse McCree actually did, it's bad, it's, it's bad enough to cover <laughs> up to that degree. Um, we have written comics to paper over it. Yeah. So it's kind of... It's got to be something. Creepy. Uh, digital at digital assets, digital foundry. No, digital assets. Pardon me. Are now covered securities in the United States. This means the crypto bros will have to report their crypto transfers of over ten thousand dollars. Yes, they will oh, have to pay no. taxes and all that crypto shit. So it's actually a really big deal, and it suggests to me that uh, the IRS is going to have to open like a new crypto wing to start prosecuting all these guys. There's going to be a lot of them. Have at it, gentlemen. Uh, they added Wishlist to the PlayStation on the PS5 and uh, PlayStation app. Long time coming. People have been asking for that for a long time. What I want uh -oh. on PlayStation is the ability to buy a game for someone else. There's I want no to be gifting? able to. No, I want to be able to gift a game on PlayStation. Holy crap! It is weird that you can't. Steam can. has gifting. It's great. A hundred percent. It's great. I, we've used it repeatedly over the years. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. I like, and it would be nice if for Christmas on Christmas morning I could gift my brother the new Battlefield or some shit, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no one wants a physical copy anymore. At least no I sure as hell don't. Uh, da -da. Sony is cutting back PlayStation 5 production due to chip shortages. 15 million units this year instead of 16. Well, that's not a... I was expecting like half. Well, in terms of percentage, yeah, it was surprisingly low. But it's still... It's a sad million to... less. Yeah, it's sad to hear that things aren't getting better in that area. It's kind of getting worse. Um... Valve Steam Deck has also been delayed into 2022 due to, quote, material shortages. Again, getting worse. We are at the cusp of the apocalypse, perhaps. Hoard your toilet paper, people! <laughs> Jeff Keighley said that the Game Awards will kind of refocus on the upcoming games this year with 40 to 50 to be shown. That's a reason to watch that fucking show. That's a lot of fucking games. I know, I want to watch those trailers. I want to see the new game trailers. I wonder if there'll be a PSX in uh, December. Probably not. Uh, YouTube has removed the dislike counter from videos. We were doing headlines recently about heavily... Well, what was it? Well, it was Nintendo, wasn't it? It was Nintendo's multiplayer service. Huh. It was the most thumbs down on any video Nintendo right, right, could right, ever right, put right. up. Because it was like 50 bucks for a year. Yes, and... Uh, and for that games that was, didn't run very well. And that was getting headlines. And it's almost as if Nintendo pressured Google... To just remove it. Pressured or paid handsomely. I don't know how... I don't know what kind of money would move Google to do anything that Google would want know. to. I don't know what possible political pressure they could do to Google. What on earth? Pardon me. Hmm? Yeah. Podcasting be right there. But I misspelled podcasting. Okay. My brother wants to play Overwatch. Genshin Impact does this weird, cool thing with fan creators where the people you see in, like, artist alleys and fan conventions, uh, if they're selling Genshin Impact shit, they are legally allowed to do it per this, like, public-use fan selling shit, uh, legalese that Genshin, that Miho Yoho or the group has put out, the owner of Genshin Impact has put out, where it's legal for the artist to sell shit up to 500 units. And it's made, it's allowed fan creators to really boom around the game. 
and uh, create stuff and sell stuff and pop continue to popularize the game at no expense to the company. Uh, so I really like it. I yeah, wish, yeah, I wish more companies would do that. Free use. Uh, Bethesda has a one pager for Fallout Five, but it's still coming out after Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six. I figure, but like, what's a one pager? Just like it exists, or like we have an actual like outline? No, bigger than Fallout Four. Hmm. <laughs> more guns, multiplayer, uh, microtransactions. Oh. It's a bulletless point. point mm. Yeah, it's a bullet pointless. Okay, I'm kind of looking forward to Starfield. I'll be honest. I, I would. If Starfield comes out and it's not multi-platform, I would buy a Series X for Starfield. Probably. Mm. Probably. Unless I see some like horrific uh, gameplay prior to it. Um, Digital Foundry's YouTube channel was hacked this week and started posting Elon Musk SpaceX crap and was removed from the site. It is now back in the hands of the owners and back up on YouTube. Thank God. Because mm. really, Digital Foundry is the one, it occurred to me the other day, um, critics, like, uh, I play a Souls game, you play a Souls game, Chamberlain plays a Souls game, we all have different interpretations of how good that game is, or how much value it's worth. Digital Foundry is the only producer in the video, in the entire kind of video game culture on the internet, that can actually measure something and give you genuine information about a game. Not just, this is how I feel about something. Digital Foundry gives you, this is how many pixels there are, this is how many frames they're running at. Um, it's it's nice to have something true. I mean, you think there'd be other games in town, but... Yeah. It is strange to me that Digital Foundry is definitive. You think they filed a patent or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe just no one else is that geeky about it. Like, I'm not. I would not spend that time to do that shit. Thank God they're willing to do it. Yeah, no, it... It's a mean they, thing to do, Elon Musk nerds. I believe they have a Patreon. Uh, okay, do you remember that creepy-looking Soviet kind of looking game, The Tomorrow Children from Q Games? The with Tomorrow like, Children. With, like, all these little puppets going to work in this void. Mm. And, like, they're doing it for the motherland, but there's, like... You don't remember that? Yeah, Google The Tomorrow Children. Um, it was a weird multiplayer experimental game from Q Games. And Q Games had previously done some really kind of fun, cool shit. Like, weren't they the ones that did um, uh, something Eden? Pixel Junk Eden. Wasn't that Pixel? Wasn't that them? Q Games. Let's see. Tomorrow Children. Monsters 2. Yeah, yeah. Pixel, they, they did Pixel Junk Monsters. They did Pixel Junk Eden. Um, they did Pixel Junk Shooter, which was actually quite strong. I really liked it. Um, and the, and the Tomorrow Children was a weird miss for this studio because they did, it was the most AAA thing the studio had ever done. It was a multiplayer thing and it was only supported for a year post launch. People just, I never checked out the Tomorrow Children. I have no idea how that game is played. Um, but they've got the license for Tomorrow Children back from Sony and they intend to relaunch it. Hmm. Mm hmm. So we'll see. Maybe I'll check it out. Maybe. If it gets good press, uh, Lies of P got a new trailer this week. Did you watch that shit? Lies of P. Yeah, like the Pinocchio Bloodborne thing. That was, like, was it a mod? Was it its own game? What the hell was going on? That's alpha of a game that's actually coming out. Okay. 
There's an act. Yeah, exactly. Like, put, it, put it out if you want to. I'm not saying you should. Nope. No, I mean, it looks okay. Not to me. It looks, it looks, it looks, yeah. Like, I wouldn't pay money for it. No, I would not pay money for it. I would try it if it were free. You're right. And that's really, uh, poor developers. <laughs> They're trying like, so I hard. know, like, it's just like, hey, what if there was a Bloodborne 2? Stop teasing me with what will never happen. But what if it was for a developer who didn't, you weren't sure knew what they were doing? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's kind of insulting. Um, yeah, so, um, not, yeah, not that hyped for that. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. Really wish I was in the Elden Ring public network test. That sucks. You didn't get not, into Not that, that game, though. That sounds lovely. You, you didn't get into that network test, did you, Alex? No, absolutely not. Yeah, neither did I. Let's take a moment of silence to be sad about that. <sighs> From Software doesn't love us. Other people are playing Elden Ring this weekend, Alex. And I am happy for them. Yeah. And the time they spent with the game that I won. Yeah, that's really nice for them. That's so nice. Isn't that nice? That's, uh, this is just another way that God has shown us that he loves us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 were removed from digital storefronts this week due to issues with licenses for historical archive footage in the games. I, I was really low on my list for things that, that could have happened to. That was hot. That was super high on the list for things that can happen to a fucking Konami game. There's been, like, repeatedly, uh, the Metal Gear games have had issues with re-releases because they can't get the license to, like, a composer. I'm pretty sure, like, the main theme composer for Metal Gear Solid 2 was holding up shit on that game once. No. Yes. I hear yes. that somebody had to make a completely new version of, um, Binding of Isaac, the composer. I, I believe that's true. Yeah. I think, I think that's true. Uh, Ubisoft announced pay raises across the board this week in hopes of curbing a recent exodus of the company. Some employees say the change, which raises salaries for more people who are more for people who are already the best paid, will only fuel inequality at the company. Uh-huh. Well, it's like if you're making <clears throat> everyone well, gets it, everyone yeah. gets a twenty percent raise. If you're making a hundred thousand, that means you get twenty thousand dollars more a year. If you're making forty thousand, that means you get four thousand dollars more a year. So there's a big difference there. Yeah, no, I, I, man, they suck as a company. Um, I, I just, it, this is just a lot of half measures when they should really do something, something more admirable. I this. feel like they're holding on, well, they're holding on to a lot of power. Um, they don't want to give power to their employees, and that's going to become a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. Employees need to unionize. They really do. They probably will. Uh, Ubisoft workers have launched a petition seeking public support for improving working conditions, accusing leadership of empty promises. Elden Ring will be the first From Software game to offer a graphics mode up to 4K or a performance mode up to 60 frames. I'll take 1080-60, but I'll be sad about it. Oh, but 60's worth a lot. 60's worth a lot, especially with a From game. Mm-hmm. Uh... Oh, yeah, we already got that. Uh, I stopped unlocking new items. At, oh, I already did that. New items at level 39 in Darkest Dungeon 2, but I got a blank lock screen at level 39, so I took a picture of it. But after that, quirks kept unlocking. But again, not enough content to keep playing, I don't think, at this mm-mm, point. Mm-mm. Especially given how fucking hard it is. God, it is not... Yeah. It used to be more fun to play, I get you. It was. <laughs> it was. And this is for me, Alex. Mm-hmm. 
I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to. Mister, I beat it on my first try. Now yeah. I can't win. I'm supposed to be able to dance through these darkened halls, and now they are a prison to me. But you know what? I can't wait to see whatever whatever update is coming next to Darkest Dungeon Two. I'm fucking hyped for it. How long do I have to wait for Death Store on PlayStation? I don't know. Death Store PS Five. I think this would be easier. Nope. Well, I actually can't find it. PS5 release date. Click. It's saying July 20th. November 23rd. There we go. November 23rd. PS5, PS4, and Switch. So that's like, what, fucking two weeks from today. God damn. Well, that's all I got. That's all I got, too. It's been... Let's see, I worked from 7 to 5, and then immediately got home to a job interview. <sighs> been a long day. You should, you should been take a long some, day. You should take some Alex self-care time. Just relax. I maybe, will. Maybe a facial? Mm. Comb your yeah, hair. I, I, I'll probably like put a marker, put a towel in the microwave and just put that on my face for a minute. That might be nice. Mm, mm, little little mini spa just for Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can do it. All right. Well, that's all we've got. Everyone? Thank you very much for joining us this week. We sure appreciate it. Alex, thank you so much for talking. I, I love being here, and I hope uh, Jim's back with us next week. I believe he will be. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you in a week. Ba-dum-bum.